Welcome to the Sports and Torts Podcast, your go-to podcast for entertaining conversations on sports, law, and business. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, here is your host, Joshua Stein. Welcome back to Sports and Torts. My name is Joshua Stein, and I am pumped to spend this next hour with you all, wherever it is that you're listening to. Got to start off with my plug to go check out past episodes at sportsandtorts.com and check out my law firm at jsteinlawfirm.com. And about that, in response to some questions that I've been getting, yes, I still practice law full time. Yes, I'm in and out of courtrooms and depositions and mediations. And this podcasting is just a hobby. I enjoy it, but my clients and law firm and their interests always come first. So I wanted to just make sure I got that out there. Today, we have a special episode for everybody, and it is the most requested guest that I've had since I started this podcast. My brother, Benjamin Simstein, is finally in the house. Wow. We have talked about doing this for a while, but I felt I needed to first establish the podcast as bona fide on its own before I started trading off of my family member's success to get people to listen. Of course, Jared came on last year, but you can't keep the people's champ away from the microphone. So without further ado, Ben, how we doing? Wow. Well, with that intro, I mean, how could I not be doing fantastic? You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, I say your name, Ben Stein, so rarely, like never. Yeah. But every time I say it, I mean, you get it all the time. The, the Ben Stein, Ben Stein's money. It's, Constantly. It's just came out. Constantly. I mean, the funny thing about, about that is, is that when I was younger, right, I, I remember middle school you know, older people making comments about Ben Stein. And, you know, at that time, I mean, I, I knew who he was, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that relevant to me. But as I got older, I mean, more and more people, he got more and more popular. People were watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and it was everybody. Bueller, Bueller. Bueller. I mean, Bueller. You, st- you still get it? I get it. Not <laughs> as much, When though. you introduce yourself to somebody? Not as much, because I'm dealing with a lot of younger people. Okay. They're not They're not. Into they don't know him. They don't know him. They that, don't know him. And that's so it's so kind of sad, right? It's kind of a dying, he's a dying brand to some degree. What a name. But uh, That's awesome. I, I used it to my advantage, by the way. You should. Because people would remember my name because of that. Well, that's, I think, what's made you so successful is that you take something and you can use it. Like you said, people remember you, people associate you with it, have fun with it. So that's awesome. Well, we're here at my house in my basement. This is awesome. We are, um, we're doing like a Stanley Stein homage happy hour, right? We've got, we've got our Kentucky whiskey, which he would approve of. We've got some peanuts. We've got some jerky, some beef jerky, some, some pretzels. We have some music lined up later on. I mean, this is Stanley Stein. Surrounded by instruments. This is, this is for him. This is for him. Well, look, I'm nervous about time ticking away too fast. So let's just jump right into it. Um, obviously you grew up in Marietta, a little bit, talk a little about yourself, where you went to college, what you're doing now. Yeah. So born and raised East Cobb product, uh, you know, Mount Bethel elementary school, Dickerson middle, Walton high school, Bit similar to, uh, you know, when you talked about yourself and yours. Um, yeah, but went to uh, the University of Georgia, uh, studied accounting. I was there five years. Got my, my master's in, in accounting with a focus on tax. Met my lovely wife, Nadine, there. Um, right out of school, started at uh, PwC. A couple years after that, got engaged, got married. Um, the kids came later. Uh, you know, I got a, a 10-year-old son, Bradley, 8-year-old daughter, Danny. 
Um, live in Sandy Springs. Uh, you know, life is good. Life is good. It's been a, it's been a good run. That's only going to keep going for you. So your, your children, they're awesome. You notice I haven't played tennis with Bradley recently, right? I think that around 10 or 11 is when you start kicking my ass in tennis and I can't let him be doing the same thing to me. Yeah, I love it. Um, you know, I don't, don't push him either way. Uh, but he likes tennis. I think he comes by it naturally. Um, he plays, you know, once or twice a week. He's getting better. And I just tell everybody, they're like, you know, what's your, what's your you know, goal for him? I'm like, I don't personally have a goal, but I can't wait for the day that he can kick my ass. Yeah. I and, want and, it. I want it to come and, so And soon. just so people know, I mean, tennis was your sport. You played at a very, very high level in high school. Robbie Ginepri was, you know, kind of your, your foe. You still play at a high well, level. Couldn't hang with him. but Well, uh, he was also a professional yeah, tennis player. Yeah, but exactly. it's cool that you all had that kind of back and forth. Um, and Browley's following the footsteps. And, and then Danny, the little gymnast, little dancer. Little I mean, dancer. Yeah, I mean, that dance is – that's multiple days a week. Talking about intense. Um, she loves it. Uh, she's getting better at it. Um, works hard. It's great. It's just good to keep them active. That's, that's my point of view. But, yeah, but the tennis. Tennis was great growing up. Um, you know, reflecting back at it, I mean, I played about three to four days a week when I got into it. Once, once I stopped all the other sports, which I don't think I realized how much that was. Other people were playing more. I could have played more. It would have made me a lot better. But, but four days a week, I mean, that's, that's pretty intense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I still play, and it's because of all the time I spent – that I can still play at a decent level. I love it. I tell people, tennis and golf. Like, we talk about it all the time. Tennis and golf, tennis and golf, tennis yeah. and golf. If I had to do it ever again, that's what I would do too. Yeah, totally. Um, all right, so UGA got into accounting. I don't really remember. Like, what was it that, that took you to that direction? Yeah, it's funny. When we were preparing for this, you, you said, you know, interested in what, what took you to accounting. I don't really even think I know. I mean, honestly, I, uh, the business school was because of you. Right. I mean, I grew up thinking, you know, maybe pre-med or, or you know, yeah. architect was I like to draw. Mm-hmm. Um, but I followed in your footsteps with the business school. I, I watched you. I saw how happy you were. You know, good, good place to be. Good balance between education and having fun. And so I chose the business school. And I think just talking to people about, you know, different majors once you're there, um, I think I probably got the advice that, you know, all the firms, the big accounting firms come on campus and they, you know, they're recruiting heavily and you're pretty much guaranteed a job if you can get through the program. And so I just went with it. Well, Terry College went Business, with it. <coughs> excuse me, these, these, uh, <laughs> the nuts, the, the peanuts get, will get you. They'll get, they'll get caught in the throat. <laughs> Terry College Business was great. Um, I hope that you're pleased that you followed in those footsteps to, to yeah. do that. And accounting is, is obviously a great, uh, a great profession. And then you have to get a master. So is it a fifth year outside of undergrads? I remember you stayed there for the extra year. Some people do that for extra football season. You did, <laughs> it, for, you did it for a degree. Yeah, I was pretty lame that fifth year. Um, you, you do not have to do it, okay? But in order to get your CPA license in the state of Georgia, you have to have an extra 30 hours. And so the master's program is designed to you know, give you that extra 30 hours and obviously you know, give you the content you need to hit the ground running when you, uh, when you start the career. So that's all it was. Um, some people don't, don't go down that path. I talk to recruits all the time, and I'm like, you get in your master's? Eh, haven't decided yet. It's kind of expensive. Seems uh, like, well, it seems like you're there one more year. Might as well do it, right? I mean, I'm sure you feel like it's paid off, right? Yeah, yeah. No, you've got, I mean, well, if you could stay in Athens for two, I mean, you stayed in there for extra three, right? 
Um, I mean, it's the thing to do if you can. And so why not get the extra, extra uh, education? So accountants, they can get a, a bad rap for like personalities or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? I mean, lawyers, there's lawyer jokes, there's accountant jokes. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, what have you found in the profession? Because obviously you have a big personality and yeah. you're not the prototypical accountant that people think of. I mean, do, do you run into those people though? Oh yeah. I, I actually think my personality has like become more dry over, <laughs> over my career, to be honest with you. I used to love like, you know, BSing with people constantly, right? In a good way, in a fun way. Um, over the years, that's changed a little bit. And I don't know if that's because accounting or just getting older, getting maturing. Older. Yeah. Um, but yes, that's, that stigma is true. And the thing is, is the reason is because you're just staring at, you know, well, depends on what part of accounting you're doing, but think about it. You're bringing assurance to numbers. So you're very like ring fenced in terms of how you think and, and, and what you're supposed to provide your clients with. And so it, it can dry you out a little bit. It can. But if you can bring a personality to it, then I think you can be more successful. Which I think, I mean, you're, you're super smart, always been super smart, and was, was going to do well either way. But I think that your personality probably has helped, right? I mean, in any business to succeed, you've got to be able to BS and talk, talk, talk the talk and hang out. Um, and you've been at one place for the entire time. Mm-hmm. And that's not by mistake. I mean, that's yeah. because you're smart and because you've been able to, you. to do well doing that part of it. So um, you're at PwC. You might have mentioned that. PwC, yeah. Um, so when you first started, there's like a big four, a big five, or big three, and what's that all about? <laughs> the big four. Big four, okay. Big four. And, and you talk to the old timers, you know, they love saying, when I started, it was the big eight. And then they'll say it was the big six, right? And, and they then, mean eight large, like eight global large, accounting firms? Yes, accounting firms that, that, that the majority of the big, complex public companies would hire to do their audits or tax work. That they trust to do the, they trust the biggest part. Yeah. And the reason is because investors that are looking to put their money into, you know, the big corporations, right? They want to know that the numbers that they're looking at are accurate. And so, you know, the big four, the big six, the big eight were the firms that provided the most assurance. Now, right, wrong, or indifferent, I'm not going to opine on that, right? There's thousands of good accounting firms. But those, those firms, PwC included, um, just have that reputation. And so, you know, the biggest companies want, they want that level of assurance. So when you graduate and PwC is who you go join, was there a reason why you chose that particular firm over someone else? Was there something unique about PwC that you felt was more attractive to you? And obviously it was the right decision because you're still there. Yeah, well, you may not remember this either, but that was partly because of you. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. You, you had met, you had met somebody um, that was like a, a senior at PwC, which is like, let's say her second, or she was a she, second or third year. It was a friend. And you got me in contact with her. Um, now that you say that, yeah, I do remember that. She, yeah. she took my resume and she, you know, took it right to the recruiter. And so, you know, I wasn't the type of kid that went to all like the accounting fairs and, you know, the, the, I wasn't part of an accounting fraternity. I just didn't, that wasn't my thing. But because of this end that I had, really through you, um, I fast-tracked the, the application process, started getting invited, you know, to different events, and um, started making relationships. Now, the other firms, they were recruiting as well, so I was, you know, going through that whole, that whole show. Um, but it was, it was the initial relationship I made, and so I went with it. Isn't that how life works? How, how, every, how, 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 works. how business works? I mean, if I mean, you think about your podcast and all the people you've spoken to, most people 
talk about relationships, right? That's, that's, what's dri- that's what drives the success. That's the general theme that, that kind of is woven through all of these different episodes and all the people who had success. And you can't say it enough. I mean, you really can't. You can't. And the reason is because, well, one of the reasons is because, you know, not, there, there's very few things that are unique, right? In terms of product offering, um, and, and things of that, of that nature, right? And so if, if there's very few things that are unique, then how do you actually differentiate, right? And, and that's the reason why it all boils down to the relationship. I mean, there are amazing accountants everywhere. And then smart with, people everywhere. And, and then with client development too. That's what right? it is. I mean, I mean, I mean that, that's, that's, you know, the way that you succeed in firms like that is not only doing good work, but you got to be able to, you know, bring clients in once you have clients you got to treat them well and that's all about the relationships too it's trust i mean if you look at our pillars right like bringing trust to society is what pwc talks about and it's the relationship that drives that so when you started there as a first year Mm -hmm. is there like a class that of of new kind of entries that come in almost like you imagine like you know 30 50 100 whatever that all start at the same time like is that that how it goes exactly how it was and and those are considered what like in law, in law firms, it's called junior associates. Y'all use different Just terminology. new associate. Okay. So new how many people come in, like, at a, for example, at a class in the early 2000s? In the early 2000s. So I started in 2005. Five. So I've been going at this for 17 years. So graduated Walton in 2000, four years undergrad, one year extra for my master's. Um, so I started in September time frame. There was a July start class. Um, I'd say... It's probably about, it was probably about 15 people. Okay. So not huge classes. Now that number's smaller, right? That number's dwindled down. Would that be um, in Atlanta? In Atlanta. In Atlanta, 15 people. And at that time, it was all about Atlanta. Our, our geography, our market has expanded much bigger now. It's not all about Atlanta anymore with all the virtual work that we can do. Right. Um, but yeah, at that point in time, probably about 15 people or so. So I remember when you, you went through... And you were working your butt off, going through all the different stages, and made yeah. partner. And they, yeah. had, they had partner day, and we went down there. Yeah, and it was, we party. It was it was it was a party. Like of those fifteen, I mean, how many make it to that point? Yeah, not many. Not many. Not I mean, many. And some may say that's because you're you're the idiot that stuck it out that long, right? I don't know about that. That, that was always the uh, the joke, right? The people that stay are the ones that that don't have the opportunities elsewhere, and they're, they're, they're idiots for well, that's, you know, sticking that's it out. Well, that's the loser mentality no, saying, I couldn't I, stick it out, so I'm going to throw yeah, shade at people that do. Maybe. I, I think there's, there's truth to that to some degree. And when I talk to people about staying or leaving, the first thing I say is there's no right or wrong answer, right? I mean, I'm happy as a partner at PwC. It's a great career. Um, I got a long way to go with the career. There's a lot to learn, but it's an amazing career. But it's not the end-all, be-all. I mean, there are so many great, um, so many great accounting jobs, tax jobs. I'm specific into tax. So many great tax jobs in the market. Other firms too, of course. And then going and working in-house at, at the big at the big companies. And you know, I thought about that yeah, several I mean, times. I remember, I remember talking several times along the way about, about opportunities that, that mm-hmm. came up, whether you're looking for them or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, people can recognize talent and they want to bring them in. Um, and you considered a few times, multiple. Um, so, a, a, you talk about themes of this podcast and relationships with yeah. one, but also a lot we talked about is 
taking that chance, taking that risk, leaving a big company and going something either on your own or something small. But the other side of that is if you know that where you're at is the place to be, then that's a good decision too. So what was kind of your decision tree when you have these other options, whether it's going in house or doing yeah. your own thing or doing something small? Like, how did you look at it? Yeah, I, I probably was scared to go out and do something different, quite honestly, <laughs> first and foremost. Because um, I, was, I was comfortable, right? And, and why, why leave something where you're comfortable? But it, it was really, it was multiple things that I, that I constantly thought about. It was, it was one, am I continuing to learn at a really accelerated clip, right? And if I can answer that with a yes, then check, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stay. Two, do I like the clients that I'm working with? Are they complex? Are they bringing good issues to the table again to facilitate that learning? Do I have the strong relationships? If so, check. Meaning like if I didn't have that, then I could walk away and I'm not going to miss XYZ client. Three, does the firm still want me? Right? Sure. Because that's not necessarily always the case. And so I said to myself, well, if, if, they, if they still want me, they're giving me a good opportunity, then another check. And so if I could always answer those, and of course I need to be happy in the mix of all that. But if I could answer all those with a nice green check then I always said to myself, I'm an idiot to leave, right? There's no, there's no reason to leave. The grass isn't necessarily yeah. always green. And, and I always felt like I had age on my side, right? Because you start, I was 25. I start when I was 25? No, younger. Um, 23, 24, right? And you get promoted kind of on a bit of a, it, it's kind of a known timeline until you get to a certain spot. But you know, I was a manager when I was younger than 30. Very and that's young. not because I was just great. It's just that's the way it works. If yeah. you do your job, um, you, can, you can go kind of through the early ranks pretty quickly. And so I'm sitting here saying to myself, like, I'm a manager. I'm still young. Like, if it doesn't work out, I still have plenty of time 35 to do years. And so that's I wasn't right. in a hurry, which a lot of people are in a hurry because – you know, to your point, the grass can be greener. That's good advice too. Not being yeah. in a, not being in a rush. Um, do you do Gary V? Do you follow him at all? You don't mm -hmm. need my social media, but this mm -hmm. guy Gary Vanderche Vandercheck, I think his name is. He's always talking about like, don't be in a rush. Like your twenties, your thirties, yeah. like you got so much more time. So much even more in your fifties, you've got a whole potential 20, 30, 40 more years. Like, like what are you trying to get to? Exactly. So I think what you said is perfect. The other thing you said that had to make me laugh was the checklist, and you were sitting here we're on yeah, audio, yeah. right? But yeah, that's what mom taught us. Uh, yeah. Like do the checklist. Yeah. Yes, no, like write it out. Like to this day, I still kind of think about that. I'm Pros like, and cons. I'm like, what's in the pro column? What's in the con column? And kind of look at it. To this day, I still do that when I when I make a decision. Yeah, um, I do it for myself. I do it when I when people come to me with like issues. I'm like, what's your pros and cons? <laughs> what's your pros <laughs> so and cons? Mom, shout out mom, Juju. Shout like, out to Juju. She, she, she so so the the day to day work. I mean, as a partner at a big firm like that, yeah. I imagine your 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 responsibilities are multiple. It's probably client development. It's getting new clients it's 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 servicing you know your your current clients it's doing the work it's managing it's there's a lot it's going all, on so like what is that it's all the above you know the, the the cliche question is like walk through your normal day but there is no normal day maybe it's walk through your normal like week or month or just kind of what you're trying to accomplish in a normal yeah. cycle yeah every, you're right because every day is different which i actually find comfort in that right if i had to do the same thing every day i don't know that that would be very exciting um it's it yeah you're right I mean it's multiple hats right when you're in, when you're in this position it's multiple hats it's it's people development it's client development um, it's 
it's of course the accounting side, but what's funny is the, the accounting side almost, I don't want to say takes a back seat because the quality stops with me, right? I mean, I'm putting my name on a tax return or I'm signing off on a financial, like the quality absolutely stops with me. Um, but with our leverage model, you, you, you know, it's designed to, to not take over your entire day. So if you think that maybe 15% of your day is dealing with actual accounting, all right, then what's the rest of it? I mean, it's talking to people, it's recruiting, it's calling clients, it's thinking about clients. That's one thing that I've gotten better at is um, slowing down and just thinking, you know, protecting time just to sit there and stare and be like, what am I, what, what did I think about the other day that I maybe didn't follow up on that I needed to, you know, just thinking about people. No, that's um, good advice. I, I was talking to a, a younger lawyer the other day who just made partner in his firm. Yeah. And he was telling me, and I, I didn't thought about it this way, but he put it pretty succinctly. He said, you know, Josh, he said, I made partner because they, they thought, and I thought, and I do think that I'm a really good lawyer and I yeah. do a good job like with the legal yeah. stuff. He said, now I'm a partner and I'm not doing as much legal stuff. Right. And, and now I'm doing more management stuff that I'm not as good at. And they're expecting me to be good at it. Interesting. And he's like, I'm, it's a transition to try to figure it out. And it's true. Like when you go to school, they teach you the nuts and bolts of your job. But they don't necessarily teach you how to manage people, especially like yeah. in a post-COVID world where y'all are dealing with, um, I can't even imagine the issues that y'all are seeing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's the soft skills. You're right. Um, we, we could have a whole hour plus session on the issues dealing with, you know, post-COVID. But, but the, your point is valid. It's the soft skills. And I actually think that it's the soft skills that, is, that has gotten me to this point, right? I, I do. I really do believe that. Um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a good accountant. I can see numbers, I can see things, I can, you know, figure stuff out. Um, but it's the interpersonal skill set that uh, that gets you there. I got to say, your use of soft skills, protect your time, there's something else too. I mean, that is that is bang out job of like corporate slogans. Yeah. Like way to go. <laughs> That's good stuff. Because we laugh at all, we laugh at all the time. I mean, uh, oh, I, 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 we could talk forever and, and we text a lot about yeah. like your favorite <clears throat> corporate lingo that you hear like what are what are some of yours that no, you I'm, got? I'm not proud of it trust me like we joke about this and i i stop myself in, in, in the middle of my day i'm like did i really just say that so so my favorite one right now that i'm hearing it's very consultancy very consultancy if that's even a word is double click you heard that one no i've not heard double double click, click it's the mouse yeah i mean right so, so you're right. And so, and so someone's going to introduce a concept, okay, and they're going to start real high level, which that's also a funny corporate solution. High level is another good number. High level. And then they're going to bring it down. But instead of, you know, using the term bring it down, they say, let's, let's double click into that. No, I can't, I can't buy like, that. Let's follow the link and double click. I mean, no. so, so that's a hilarious I'm not on board one. with that one. That's a hilarious one. One that I've heard a lot recently, and I don't know that I understand it. People will talk, and they'll just blab and blab and blab, which people love to do. They're not really saying much. But then they'll realize that they've got nothing else to say, and they'll say, if you will. If you, you will. You heard that one? No. If you will. If you will. That's the way to end their statement That's without actually way, saying something? I think it's, yeah, I think it's if you've, you've pretty much tapped out what you're trying the, to say. The, the new word I'm hearing is this whole idea of being disruptive. Uh, you hear disruptive? that? Like, we're going to try to disrupt the industry. We're trying to disrupt the, the, the status quo, disrupt what's going on. I'm like, <laughs> you ain't disrupting nothing other than sound like a jackass. I think people need to stick with what got them there. It's boiling the ocean, right? We're not trying to boil the ocean. You go grab the low-hanging fruit, yeah, yeah. and you move on. And you move on. It's so good. And we'll circle back to that later, you know. 
don't bite off more than you can chew. <laughs> well, and, yeah. and, and, you know, the other, the other thing is like with social media now, people are going crazy. You've never really gotten into social media. Is that was, it's a bit it, of a problem? Is that probably. because you just, you just never like decided to do it, never wanted to do it? I mean, it's a much probably a freer existence and I have to worry yeah, about that. I don't know. I'm kind of like an old soul when it comes to that. Um, I reckon I mean, Nadine's not big into it either. No, Your family should turn that into we're it. We're just not into it. Um, through through work, there are partners that that are very into it, and PwC encourages us to, encourages us to do it. It's just not something I've I've made part of my kind of daily routine, and I don't want to say I feel like I'm too late now, but to jump on the bandwagon at this stage feels a little unnatural. I don't know about that, but it's fine. Like Emily's not big into it. Our yeah. sister Emily's not big into yeah, it. Emily's not, yeah. not big into it. I do it more than anybody else in our family because I do it frankly for work purposes. I mean, if I didn't, if I didn't think that I needed to do it to just keep myself kind of relevant top of mind for what I'm doing, yeah. I probably wouldn't get into it either. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I I've always kind of thought that it would be an easier path to not have to deal with that stuff. But do you, I mean, it's do, fair. Do, it's fair. I mean, does, does y'all's business, um, I mean, do you get stuff through social media or are y'all kind of, Fishing in different ponds, as they say. I'm doing, I'm That's doing, a great corner. I'm doing an air quote. I've never heard fishing you say in that different ponds. Fishing I, in different ponds. I, think I just made it up. Yeah, that was good. I'll have to write that one down and use it. Um, no, I mean it's it, it it's it's effective. Social media, it, it is effective, and you know, part of me says I should be using it. The difference is, I, I talked about the relationships earlier, and you know, touch points with clients. What I would put on social media is what I'm sending directly right. to my clients. And, and when you're at a firm like a PwC and you're in tax, I don't have a thousand clients, right? I mean, I've, I've probably got, you know, 10 to 15, let's say, companies. And then of course you got people that are within all those organizations. So if, if, if there's something that I want to send out thought leadership wise, that's a good Another corporate one. word. killing it. Um, if there's something like that I want to send out that I would post on social media, I'm going straight to my clients. Because your marketing aspect is much more direct marketing. You know who your clientele is. Yes. My clientele is any is person your, walking this earth. World is you your know? Master, Yeah. Right? So, I mean, how do you view marketing in terms of, you know, there's a direct yeah. company or direct contact that you're looking for or, or a position within a company you're looking for? Like, how do you, how do you reach them? Yeah, that's it. I mean, the, the the fortunate thing about a PwC brand is that I can pretty much cold call anybody and have instant credibility, right? But but the tax community is small, and so most of the partners in Atlanta know know the people that are circulating around Atlanta. So I don't have to rely on a lot of cold call marketing. So what I do is I I read the Wall Street Journal. I, I look at the communications that's that's coming from kind of the center, PwC Center, that's, that's being fed out to us. I look at the the various campaigns that they're asking us to, you know, take on. I say, okay, well, that's applicable. That's not. This one might be. I'll look at that. I'll read it. I'll understand it, and then I'll go directly to to my clients. And and if if there's somebody that that I don't have a relationship with or no one does, then that truly is a cold call. We call them greenfields. If there's someone like that, then I, I look at their business and I try to figure out why would they want to talk to someone like me? And do you try to, do you try to find out like what their interests are and do something that is consistent? Like, like for me, if like I find out somebody's a sports fan or a Braves fan, I can, you know, take them to a Braves game or, or this is back in my, my former career. Yeah. Um, 
you're you're unique with music. I mean, is that something that you found that you can use like in a marketing way? Like someone might play music or someone enjoys music. Absolutely. Or, so how how do you how do you weave that interest of yours into well, if, if if I can figure that out from somebody, right? Then of course I'm going to use it. And that gets back to the interpersonal skills. I mean, if you've if you've worked with someone for long enough, then those types of interests are gonna are gonna come out. The the people that you don't know, you know, it takes some time to break those walls down. We talked about COVID, right? Post COVID, during COVID, it actually it actually oh yeah, let's get put some ice in there. Yeah. Um, po- during COVID, it actually put the put the personal side of my business, you know, it it, it jolted it. Right. And the reason is because people are sitting at their homes with cameras on. And before you got the fake backgrounds that were, you know, pushed out, which the majority of people use, by the way, which I don't. But <laughs> the majority of people use the fake backgrounds. Before that, you could see their house. You could see what they what was important to them, their trinkets, their you could collections, see everything. their posters. And you could see the the young kid that comes in that, that interrupts the call. And I actually found that to be That's amazing cool. because what it did is it took the the dry, we talked about personality and whatnot, the dryness of what some may perceive as accounting, and it actually said, all right, there, there's a human element of That's this. That's a really good perspective is that it made people more human. They're not wearing yeah. a stuffy shirt and, mm-hmm. and jacket. You, so so you, you see what's behind them. In your house, it was going to be guitars. Yeah, it was guitars. Right? It was guitars. Um, and that's something that obviously our, our dad our dad plays and, and you've always played. Um, I don't, and it is my I've t- it's my biggest regret of my life. Like, I don't know why that skipped me, why I didn't pick it up. Um, <laughs> too y'all should have made too busy me. busy doing other things. I guess. But so you were, what, like fourth, fifth grade? And Probably f- end of fourth grade-ish time frame, yeah. And what made, I mean, I was, I was in eighth grade. So why didn't I do it too? I think I was at the right place at the right time. So what I always tell people, we were at Lionel Playworld. You remember that place? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't know why we were was there. That, that was after Toys R Us went out of business. Maybe. What, what were we doing at Lionel Playworld? We have to ask mom and dad. No, it that. stuck with you though. I don't know what we were doing there, and we were walking down an aisle. It's common now, but at, at that time, toy stores didn't carry legit guitars. They do now. Um, and dad, he, he saw this uh, this half size guitar. It was a Gretsch, which is a great brand, and it was branded with the Traveling Wilburys. Oh, they were great. Okay. And if you know the Traveling Wilburys, George Harrison was one of the members. They had one album, I think, ish. They, they, rec- oh, they recorded one album with, you know, every, every song was a hit. Um, but Bob Dylan, Tom Payne, I mean, great band. And I think he saw it, saw this guitar in a box, and he was like probably thinking about, man, this, this could get me back into music because when you were born, he put the damn guitar away they for, put it away for a- who knows how long. We could do the math, right? Um, 13 so I, years. 13 years. Grade. Sat under his bed. And so I think he probably saw that and said, okay, this is my chance. Well, he I knew I was a Lionel's play he, world he, too. You, you missed Lionel's play world. And he bought the darn guitar. And uh, the rest was history. Well, I, I still have that guitar. L- let me it's say incredible. this. Let me say this. I don't know if this is the first song that you ever learned to play, mm-hmm. but I have in my mind the first song you ever learned to play. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Do you know what it is? I know what dad tried to teach me. What would what? Malaguania. Malaguania. <laughs> Malaguania. So I, I have not listened to that song in 27 years. And I remember it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. So I went on YouTube today and pulled it. I pulled it. And it I don't sounded know, nothing like you remember, right? No, it does. I mean, not, not the way that I just, I just did it, but this is, how, this is how it sounds. Hopefully this comes through. That's classic. <laughs> 
That's it. That's it. And I, I'm like, damn, that sounds good. Is, no, 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 no. Yeah. That, that gets your fingers going, right? Oh, yeah. There, there was no way I could do that when I picked up a guitar. Well, I think you did. No. I mean, I think that you Not did. Not to that level. Not to that level. But yes, that was the first one. Yeah. What, what, what made him think? I don't know. That, but that I, was but, the song that popped in his head after 13 years. I don't know. but It's I, absolutely I, hilarious. But, but you know, he was, he's a Beatles fan. We're all yeah. Beatles fans now yeah. because of it. Um, you know, Sergeant Pepper was, you know, the album that came out. That's his email address now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you started learning off that stuff, right? I mean, that was kind of the inspirational music to you? I don't know. Is that the right word or no? Yeah, yeah. No, I think so. I mean, he definitely hammered that into our head. Not in a bad way. Um, I, You know, I, I think that we got the guitar. I started taking lessons. What was and that instructor's name? Dan Holloway. Dan Holloway. <laughs> that dude... Years later, taught me to play banjo. Believe it or not, I was I was either was I in college going back to this guy. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, all, all that music was influential, but but in those in those years, I mean, it was alternative music, right? I mean, that would have been the ninety. So that was the nineties, which yeah. I will I will die on the hill that that genre of music was mm -hmm. was just I mean, best most most transform whatever it is. Yeah. Um, we could go on forever. The, 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 the four bands, three or four bands, I, th I thought about this because I, I knew you would say that. Like, the bands stick out to me, and this is some of the late 80s, but Metallica, we loved. That was my first CD. First CD. Followed by In Vogue. Which, which <laughs> we still won't let you, you can't live that one down either. Uh, what was that, the, the first song on In Vogue? Was, oh, no. Never matter, never matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Metallica, and then Pearl Jam, which you got, um, no, no. It was, that was your, you got that. And then Nirvana. You got the airbrush T-shirt. Oh yeah, and then I'm gonna throw Red Hot Chili Peppers in there. Yeah, because I feel like th those are the four that if I'm gonna look back and I'm gonna say like we listen to those a ton. Yeah. Um, can you rank those one through four? Can I rank those yeah. one through four? Your yes. your your opinion. There's no wrong answer. Well, there could be a wrong answer. My opinion would be Nirvana of those four, Pearl Jam, Metallica. Right out, Julie Pepper. So I go, I go Pearl Jam. You know that. That's yeah, my, yeah, They're yeah, my number yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I go Metallica two, and I, I mean, I love Nirvana. Love, love the Chili Peppers. They're, they're kind of three A and three B for me. Um, you know, your daughter Danny, Danny California. So I'm oh, gonna yeah, give, I'm, I'm going to give the Chili Peppers shout out number number three. Favorite. Uh, you said Nirvana was one. Yeah. What's your favorite Nirvana song? Damn, that's too hard. Um, probably Heart Shaped Box. Heart Shaped, I knew that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that album didn't get a lot of positive press, but man, that, that intro, there's nothing better. There's nothing, in my opinion. The MTV Unplugged of Nirvana yeah. is probably the best hour-ish of I still music. listen to it. So I listen to it today. This is this is my favorite one. I got this one queued up too. Hope yeah. this comes through. Yeah. The man who sold the world. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I tell you, that, that stuff, it's that can bring tears to my eyes. It, bring, it can. It brings you right back to I'm not to ashamed where, to say it. it. It brings you right back to where... So, so I started in Nirvana because that's your one, but Pearl Jam... Is my is my one, and yeah. I agree. It just brings you back. Um, and we text about Pearl Jam a lot, a lot. because every time I'm listening to it, I'm like, I'm trying to. I love rankings. Can you tell that by the way? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've I've told you my favorite Pearl Jam song. I'm gonna try this again with you. 
What's your favorite Pearl Jam song? Whew. Gosh. My favorite Pearl Jam song is a song called Dissident. Yes. Good one. Good one. Yeah. And it's funny. Back to the guitar. Um, Dan Holloway taught me that song. Did he really? That's, that's not an easy song to well, play. Well, I mean, what it was, it was, you know, the way he taught me was I'd, I'd show up. It was a 30-minute lesson. And he'd say, what do you want to learn today? Right? It was like, and he would teach me songs. It wasn't a lot of, like, theory, which we can talk about that later, but it was song-driven. And so, depending on what was going on, you know, I'm going to ask him to teach me Glorified G, which is another amazing, you know, Pearl Jam song, Dissident, you know, because that album with Daughter and some of the other ones was popular when I was having less, taking lessons. So music theory, I've heard y'all talk about that a lot. Uh, what do you mean by that? Music theory is why, why a certain chord, okay, makes sense when you're playing with other chords. Okay, why a certain note on the on the guitar uh, fretboard is what it's called. Why you can hit a note followed by another note, but then have to skip a certain note to put the help sound in right. Songwriting does it help in understanding why a song comes Depends out? Depends on who way you or? talk to, right? Like a Paul McCartney, John. These guys never learn music theory. You know, amazing pianists and composers, people like that. Yeah, they they understand music theory. Um, I think it. You know, I didn't learn that way. I think I probably could have benefited by learning more of it. I mean, I understand it now, but for like a jam guitar player, someone who can improvise and which I don't do well, I'd say if they if 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 they were trained in theory, they're probably they're probably better at that, right? Speaking of jam bands, sense. I mean, would someone like Widespread or Almond Brothers yeah. or Fish like is that music theory thrown out yeah. the window, or is that all about music theory? They're they're very trained. They're very different. fish. I mean, they're unbelievable. Well, I, I mean, I mean the way that the way that their songs just go on and on and on and on and on. Yeah, they're following a certain path and a certain. They they know what notes they have to hit, as the other bands doing as, as other people are doing different things in the band. They know what they have to hit for it to sound right, right? If if that makes sense. If you hit a bad note, then like. People that understand the music, they're like, whoa, that didn't sound right. And that's the theory behind music that makes them know what notes they can hit at the right time. So I think, the, I think those bands you just mentioned, which I love them all, by the way, they can jam because I think they, they have an understanding of theory. Eddie Vedder, I'm going to go back to them, those bands. And how many different bands was Eddie Vedder in? I mean, you know my favorite song of all time. I'm going to play this right now. So, yeah, Temple of the Dog. Stealing bread from the mouth of decadent. I remember that song. I remember being 12, 13 years old in our basement, like, you know, hitting curls, trying to get my buys going. <laughs> getting, getting I, I remember like a sleeveless shirt, like, like <sighs> banging out to Temple of the Dog. That yeah, album. that's it. That is so hype. That is so hype. Um, it never gets old. It never gets bad. So that's what that's what they like to call the super bands, the super groups, right? Chris Cornell and Eddie Vedder. So Soundgarden and Pearl Jam merge. I mean, can you imagine living in Seattle in the early '90s where it it all was exploding? No, I can't. But dilly dilly to them. And they're it, you know not all of them are still around, but you know Pearl Jam still crush it. They yeah. still crush it. They sound as good now as they did. In those days, for sure. It, it, what, I, what I love about kind of your musical interests and mine is that we went the country route, we went that yeah. route, 
and rap. I mean, in the right. nine, in the nineties, I feel like we love rap too. You did, you did for sure. I and still, of I, I, try. I, I still do. Yeah, yeah. Um, you love Tupac. You love Biggie. I was thinking Dr. Dre, Snoop, Tupac, Biggie. Like that's the four. If you want to compare it to the four we just mentioned from another yeah, standpoint, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Do, do you have a, do you have a ranking of those? Are those or are you not? Uh, Tupac for sure, number, number one. one, number one. And then I always liked um, Snoop sound over Dre sound, but Snoop was like the the supporting cast, right? So it, it's hard to rank Snoop over Dre, but I liked his voice more. Um, so then I would I'd say Snoop then Dre and then Notorious. I think B. you have I. a G. soft spot for the guys that that. Uh, Passed away on the early side. I mean, that's kind of dark, isn't it? <laughs> they always say, like, what would those guys have done had they lived the full life? I mean, that Forever 27 poster. Yeah, I had that. You had that it? poster? Uh, Jamie Anderson. Shout out to the Anderson family. I think that she had that poster. Talk about someone who probably knows music theory, Mr. Anderson. Yeah. Very, very For sure. He was in a band. Musician. Now, you, you were in a band too. I was in a band. Uh, several bands. Several bands. Uh, high school band, Undertow. Wow, that's impressive. Yep, and then yeah, post-college, I mean, I know who was in the band, but I don't remember the name of the band. Yeah, it was called Cage at Six. That was where a lot of the guys, they played basketball. But uh, Undertow, I played with a, a very good, very, two, two of my very good friends. I mean, we were, we were like seventh grade, I think. So that's y'all two, were, y'all that's, were tiny up there. Playing. That's two years after. I mean, the guitar was twice my size. By the way, my bar mitzvah, I played at my bar mitzvah with dad, which was also a hilarious thing, by the way. We played a lot of songs. Um, but I was tiny up there. And only two years in, I didn't know what I was doing. Right? I didn't. But we, we gave it a run. Bane. Bane Maddox. Bane Maddox, who I've recently reconnected with, by the way, um, lives in Athens, doing fantastic. I mean, he was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. Um, very talented. He recorded with uh, Collective Soul. Remember that. So, I mean, I was early stages with him. And we were a cover band, you know, Foo Fighters, all the, you know, Metallica, I mean, all in Pearl Jam. And we played them all. Yeah. So, it was you, awesome. I mean, you still play. You, you, you brought here today, you brought a guitar, you got a yep. banjo. Yep. I asked you to. I don't know if you wanted to or not. But yeah. um, for me, like, the minute I start kind of hanging out, talking, Drinking bourbon, like yeah. it's got to be some kind of music. So I'm like, I know that's direction we're gonna go. Like I might need, I might need to play something. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say I don't want to put you on the spot, but I do want to put you on the spot. <laughs> um, I don't know if you, you, you know, you said you had a few songs in mind to yeah. play. Uh, I know people know that you play, but people probably don't know how good it is that you play. Oh gosh. I mean, you, you and Dad, y'all can, y'all can really play. You've set me up with that intro, and then also talking about the guitar man. High expectations. Well, let's hear it. I mean, you got anything? I mean, I don't know if this is going to come yeah. through or not. We're going to try. We'll, get, to, we'll give it a shot. But you know, you've got your stuff here, and I'd love to. I'd love to hear what you what you got. Um, I mean, you know, we talked about Beatles earlier. Yeah. You can do that. You can do whatever you want. Well, it may take me a minute to get the hands warmed up. You know, we talked about work. One of my goals, forever for the for my entire career, has always been to make sure that I do enough of my hobbies. And I have a lot of them. I have a lot of hobbies. Do enough of my hobbies just so I can kind of keep it at a decent level, keep it on level, whereby, whereby when I have time, when we all have time down the road, which maybe we do, maybe we don't, we're not, starting, lost from, them. We're not starting from scratch. And that, so, yeah, that's really good advice. My main hobby is, is uh, golf. Um, I kind of ebb and flow with how much I play, but I'm the same way. Like I, I feel like you've got to fit some of that in or else you go crazy. And then when, and then you live your whole life, you get to a point where you're not working 
and then you've kind of lost the ability. You've to lost do it. Yeah. So I mean, you you pick up the guitar. So I'll I'll try to do something that uh, just warms up the hands and also hits hits some of the genres that you uh, that you mentioned. Well, hopefully we can hopefully we can hear this coming through. Let's see, and I'm just gonna do like little little yeah, pieces yeah, just, of just, it. Yeah, just pop so it let's go. try. I mean, this is this is classic. Metallica, right? Have to. Inter, inter Sandman. So, in the world of, we'll go back to baseball, in the world of relief pitchers, when they yeah. come in from the uh, from the outfield, yep. Inner Sandman is top of the list. Yeah. Right? I mean, I did a, a video. It's hype. It's I, did, I did a video not too long ago with the uh, the trombones, you know, the dun, 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 Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But Inner Sandman wins. Inner Sandman bra- bra- wins. Bra- bravo to go directly to the How Metallica. about... Uh, See, I, I mean, Metallica's an Inner Sandman, Unforgiven, and they dub the... Uh, I mean, God, like these guys are That's so like... good. Hold on. Oh, yeah. New blood joins their hearts. So good. So, so you can... You can you can pick up. I, I mean, I just said unforgiven. Yeah. I mean, I didn't prompt you on that. Like your brain, you have the chords in there. Like, how does that happen? <sighs> Man, that's a great topic. That's a song that I learned. To, we talked about this. Started in fifth grade. I probably learned that song in seventh grade, and I won't forget it. But I could learn something yesterday, and you asked me to play right now. Gone. It's almost like the. Le- it's almost like the lyrics of a song that somehow. Like baby got back, <laughs> baby got back. I don't know why that song came in my head first, but you know every word. Yeah, and so do you, and yeah. so is everybody else listening to this. Yeah. It's just like certain things. So that's the same way with music. Like you same learn, way. you learn to play a song. I I said the name of the song, and you kind of played around for a second, and then you're, you're hitting it. So you said Malaguena. I mean, I won't be able to do this, but I mean, I haven't I haven't touched this song in ten years, more than that. Try, and it won't sound like what you just played. But the way I learned it was. This? And, then, and then it was. You love that part. Going down the I mean, that's something that. That's good. It, it just it's it's imprint it's imprinted in the brain, and I don't know why it happens. Um, but do you think that's something that is is learned? Do you think that's something that some people just have that talent? Some people are just born with it, or is it just like a muscle that has been built up over time, or maybe all of the above? I think when I think it has to do with how much we put into our brains, right? With with all the different, you know, being a father, being an attorney, right? There's a lot coming at you, and maybe you can break away for a few minutes to keep up the hobby and learn a song, but it's just at a very like high level because you got so much coming at you. It's, it's not imprinted when you're, at, you know, ten, eleven, twelve. What are you thinking about, right? I mean, yeah, maybe, you're a sponge to pick maybe, up all this stuff. You're a sponge. Maybe you're maybe you're working hard at school or whatnot, but um, you're a sponge, and there's not a lot coming at you. So to throw in a, a guitar song, you're gonna learn it. How about this one? So you talked you talked about um, intros. I did this one for you. Now I don't know if I'll be able to get through it, but let's see. 
Chipper Jones walking to the plate. So I think I should just say this for the record that none of this was scripted. No, I, I didn't. I didn't script yeah. you to tell you what songs to play. I didn't tell you I was going to talk about walk up songs yeah. or what. Um, that's awesome that like little Ozzy you can just get yeah. to right there. Crazy Train, which, yeah, Crazy which, Train, which, which again is is just as classic as they come. Yeah, I mean these, these are funny little intros. The, these are these are notes that you can recognize within. But name that tune, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. What a good party trick. I mean, are you still? <laughs> what a good party trick. I mean, I mean, I, you know, you 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 picture the the you know sitting on the beach like, mm-hmm. you know, people crowding around. Like, do you still do stuff like that? Yeah. And th- get th- a, get th- a, let's just say that this didn't impress Nadine. This is not why she fell in love with me. <laughs> it was just, Nadine, it was, this was the added bonus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that look for people that can sing, which I can't sing for anything. You know, pick up the acoustic guitar and you know go be a singer songwriter. Amazing for people that can do that. I can't do that. So I never like sat around and tried to impress people, but um, anyway. All right, I got one for you that you just teased. Let's see. Not even meaning to. Oh. Keep playing, keep playing. I don't mind stealing bread from the mouth of decadence. Now I'm a little off of the point. You're good. There it goes. Um, my favorite song of all time. Going hungry again. I'm not lining it up. It's 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 the best song of all time. I'm just gonna I'm gonna say it one more time. I'm gonna say it one more time. What is your favorite song of all time? Whoa, that's that's a impossible question. I just answered it. That's an impossible question. Um, favorite song of all time. I mean that's up there. I I mean I can't just follow you. That would be lame. But in terms of hypeness, that gets me very excited. Right back when I, you when I hear that, yeah, yeah. So it's all it's all the old stuff from the '90s. Um, you know, people used to ask favorite album of all time. So I probably do a better job of answering okay. that. Okay, you can you can you can um, ship the question. So so we'd have to throw the Beatles albums to the side because they would trump trump. Go figure. I use that word. They would uh, they would surpass you know any of the other albums. Um, but if I throw Beatles out, which we can talk about favorite Beatles, Beatles albums too, but if we throw the Beatles out, I'd say it's Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd. Floyd. Really? Yeah. You know any of that? Here's a song. Um, what's the name? Dan- of it? Dana's always claimed to be a Pink Floyd fan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that album, man. So that that's probably my favorite, number one. Number two, which is super random, is Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. Yeah. But again, it's kind of a, maybe I'm like a weird, depressing music kind of guy. Because nah. that, that's a depressing album, but fantastic. You brought your banjo, too, unless there's, more, the banjo. Unless, unless there's more guitar you got, you got lined up for us. I've, I've got a surprise for you. Okay. Well, I'm not trying um, to rush you through it, but I want to make sure that we have enough adequate time to hit all these instruments. Yeah, we can do the banjo. Well, if you got, if you got another one, that'll do it. This, it's multiple. All right, we'll it's go It's multiple. It. You want to do the multiple? Do it. Do I, do I have a role in all this? This is your... Yeah, this is... You have to tell me what these are, and this is inspired by... Um, you mentioned him earlier, our cousin, our cousin Jared Slosher. At the end of that podcast, you played him 
wrestling, wrestling theme, song. theme songs. I'm going to try to play you. Oh, wow. Some wrestling theme songs so on this to, guitar. You need to bring Jared in here because yeah. I'm, not, I'm not able to do it. But you, You'll know some of them. I mean, this one. Um, Jared's going to be so disappointed in me. Let's see. Running down. Ooh, didn't hit that note. Ultimate, Ultimate Warrior. Warrior running down. Yep. Ultimate Warrior. All right. Let's keep going here. Okay. Is that Bret Hart coming in? Hulk Hogan. Hulk, oh, that's a, that Hulk Hogan. Oh. I am a real American. <laughs> it, like I told Jared. It all comes back to wrestling. All, it, always it all, does. It all comes back to wrestling. What's funny is for all these years, I've never learned any of these songs. But when, when I was thinking about this, I'm like, God, that could be good if I, uh, if I could play something. Okay, so, so, you said, so you said Brett Hitman? Yeah, Let's see. The Exorcist. Jared very high, by the way. Ooh. Okay, how about uh, got a few more of these. Let's see. I'm not as good as a Forrest be disappointing me right now. Jared's disappointed right now. I don't got it. I can't. Let's see. Dickus. Shawn Michaels? Yes. <laughs> then it goes. Yeah. Okay. Good work. Okay, I got All that right, one. All right, you got, you got one. All right, okay. give me one more. Give me one more. Um, give me an easy one. Give me the Undertaker. You didn't. Well, Undertaker's hard. I can do a part of it. Okay, so the part of it's. Classic. Yeah. Classic. Classic. So good. So good. Paul Bear walking out. Oh, the Undertaker. Now how about how about Ted DiBiase? No, oh, I never would have guessed that. One, but if you if you <laughs> yeah. got it, so so Jared. Was yeah. a hitman guy. Yeah. I was Undertaker. Where do you fall? Ultimate Warrior. Always. 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 From the beginning. I mean, listen to that. It's like... <laughs> I mean, who comes out to this? I mean, he's so hype. I mean, it's, it's just... It's hilarious. Um, anyway, so... I th- that I, was, I that give, was a I, test for I you. I give myself a 50-50. I should have given you a heads up. That wasn't easy. And it doesn't sound exactly like I'm just, it. I'm, not, I'm just not as good. I'm not as good at that. But it was fun for me to, 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 to go back to mess around it. with some of these because I didn't. I never. All those years, I never thought about that like, trying awesome. to uh, trying to learn. Now, when you wrestling when, theme. now when you learn music, yeah. is it something that YouTube now has the the chords available? The everything. The, the sound available. You got the Guitar Hero. Like yeah. Guitar Hero, they, that'll that'll throw you off. But I mean, 
the, the days of needing the, the a days teacher. of like your ear and listening is kind of past. It can be if yeah. you if you let it go down that path. Yeah. Now you tr- if, if you're if you're someone who just wants to you know go get the quick hit like I was just playing. Yeah, you can go. I could go online. You could say, you know what? Play me a Charlie Daniels band song. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I could pull up my iPad, which is sitting right here, which I brought just in case you want, just in case you wanted something. Put you on the spot. Yeah, and I could pull it up, and it's not theory like we had talked about before. It's a thing called tab. It tells you exactly what to hit, and if you know the song, yeah. and you're you're you know you can pick up quickly. Boom! I'm done. talking five minutes. It's done. Yeah. Well, you picked up the banjo not that long ago. Yeah. I mean, what well, might be long ago now? What, 10, 10, 5, 7, 10, 12, 8? 2004. Okay. I, I was living with, <laughs> you may not even remember this, I interned. So before I started Down in Midtown. I, I, yeah, I interned at PwC and uh, lived with grandma and grandpa. I do remember that. Yeah. And they must have been like, what is he doing? I brought my banjo to their apartment. <laughs> They're little apartments. So That's what, what I was learning. So, so what is it as a musician? Like once you kind of kind of understand one instrument and feel like you know what you're doing, is it like, okay, now I want to gotta do something else? Or is it just kind of want to pick up a new hobby? Like how, yeah, how, new, what, hobby. new hobby. And new you're hobby. Like, saw new the banjo, book. like the sound. Exactly. Um, all right, so. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It's, and, and there's so many things on guitar that I could do better, that I could learn, that I don't know how to do, like slide guitar, for example. Um, it was just, let's try something new. Okay. Let's well, try something let's new. Hear, let's, hear, let's hear some banjo. So this could be, this could be a disaster. <laughs> I mean, who else? I mean, it's a classic go banjo you got to go to it. Deliverance. Is that the first song people usually learn to play on the banjo? No way. Too too, too, too hard. Yeah. But it's the most. Is it the most? That's like that old Wayne's World. Remember, it's like when you pick up the don't no play stairway. No stairway. Yeah, no stairway. And what's funny is when that came out, I don't think. What year did that come out? I mean, you wouldn't know that off the top of your head, but I remember actually having a birthday party. Early nineties. Having a birthday party at a at a movie theater, and we went to go see Wayne's World. Half the jokes, this guy, you know, when they, (laughs) I can't say it, but we didn't know what we were laughing at. And I remember they flashed up no no stairway to heaven and and Wayne's like, stairway denied, you know? So I went to Austin Powers, the movie theater. Yeah. And I was like eighth grade, seventh grade, sixth, ninth, whatever. And I'm like, this is stupid. I don't understand all this. Like, I think I might have even left. And now, I mean, it's one of the greatest, greatest movies of all time. Right. So to your point, it's like we watch this stuff and they're classic, but we know that we're watching. It's, it's like uh, what I should have said my favorite album of all time was, was Adam Sandler, they're all going <laughs> to laugh at you. <laughs> Between remember, you and Jason Mullen, listen to that damn CD. I still um, listen to it. You talk about what's imprinted in your brain. I yeah. could listen one through 14 to that song. Well, some song, yeah. some of just him. And you knew I there could, were 14 songs. I could be off by one. Yeah, but yeah, whatever. That's still pretty good. And I didn't know what those jokes meant. No. The buffoon jokes? No, I had no clue. No. It's... <laughs> but, uh, you now saw them in concert recently. I did. I did. I went with Gans. And uh, the funniest part about that story is that I actually did a Habitat for Humanity build that day. And I was working out front and doing something with, with, um, with the deck, which was wood. 
and got a piece of wood in my eye. I don't know if I've ever told you this. Uh. And it messed me up. Like, I barely could open my eye. And that night was the Sandler stand-up, the concert at Chastain. And I'm, like, one-eyed. And if you know Adam Sandler, he loves one-eyed people. He loves people. it. Yeah, the, yeah. The majority of his movies have, like, a random, weird, like, one-eyed no, dude. And so I'm sitting here watching him with one eye thinking, I'm a character in his, uh, <laughs> you know, in his most recent movie. All right, what else you got on that thing? So, let's see. Um, Ballad of Jed Clampett. That's a popular one. Do it. Wish I could sing to it for you. So your fingers, are, is it the theory between a banjo and a guitar different? Or is what your approach yeah. to the song different? Like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, it's, it's um, the left hand on a banjo is what I'd say is, is more, more basic. Now, the really good banjo players, their left hand's not basic. But for me, it's, the left hand is very basic. On a guitar, left hand is you want to be fast and you're doing all sorts of crazy stuff. It's not as much about the right hand on guitar. On banjo, it's all about right hand. It's picking, right? all about the right hand if you looked at my left hand that was moving right but yeah. not too fast so so you asked if deliverance was the first song that people could learn there's too much going too on much with, going on too much going there. on with the right hand the first thing you learn is like it's just they're called it, it's called rolls I mean, so good like, so good good fun. good for you well look we're at the hour and i'm angry about that i told you that hmm. that my my only you know really all these podcast episodes yeah. like i wish too i could go on forever too much too much too much to do yeah. But I do want to um, respect people's time, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I would like to think they would listen to this forever, but uh, I would. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, let's, let's kind of button it all up. Let's circle it all back around. Like, we both have lots of hobbies, got, you know, got important jobs, got families. Like, what's the key to kind of balancing all of it? Like, how do you play your music and play your tennis? We didn't even talk about ping pong and pool oh, and so golf many. and all this other stuff. There's like, how too do you, many. There's too many. Um, how do you do it all? Like, what's, think, what's the, what's the key? Well, I, obviously I think the family, the family and the job and, and, you know, friends, right. That, that takes charge. But what I try to do is if I have a pocket, if I have a pocket of time, you know, come over here if I can and shoot pool with you for a little bit. I know it's not going to be a great level of pool, but it's okay. It keeps me in it. You know, ping pong, same thing. So I, I just look for the pockets of time where it's not the top priority, where I can get out there and, and do one of the hobbies. That's it. That's, that, to me, is the key to it all. Agreed. And I think it's also recognizing that time is precious and not wasting it just staring at a stupid TV show. I don't watch any TV. I don't either. It's, I mean, I, mean I, don't, I don't watch Maybe either. I'm missing out. I watch Braves games. And I watch, like, sometimes we'll find a Netflix series, but you're not going to catch the news on my TV just for the sake of watching it or just some rerun of Friends or whatever. Nothing wrong with that, but, like, to your point, like, if you have that 30 minutes or that hour, pick up a guitar, pick up a banjo, play whatever sports that you're in, yeah. go work out, do something. Yeah, yeah exactly. It wouldn't even talk about that. But, yeah, um, that too. It's, it's too much. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's just not sitting around. I love it. 
Well, thank you for, uh, I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I think that sound's going to come through. If not, we'll just have to redo it. We'll it's redo no, it. We'll redo it. No but thank you for having me. We got, we got the video going, so, yeah. so we'll be fine. No, I appreciate um, you uh, asking I think that we this. did this at the right time so that we've kind of, you know, kind of worked our way through it. And, uh, yeah, it's all good. It's good stuff. I learned, I, I learned some stuff today. I haven't sat with you and stared at you for an hour in a very long time. It's funny. I have that same energy with a lot of my friends after yeah. we do this because yeah. unless you hit record on something and like make a point to yeah. just BS about nothing, like you're not going to yeah. do it. So the power of this podcast to me, while I hope everybody's listening, I hope they're enjoying it. I mean, I, the feedback I get is good that they are, but like that's not where the that's not the secret sauce. Yeah. The secret yeah. sauce is on this Friday, like we dedicated the two hours to do this and yeah. just hang out. Yeah, and that's that's to me what. That's what we're that, going to remember that, at the end of the, the day. That's what the reward is. So, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that, that's, that's where it is. But anyway, y'all, thank y'all for listening. Uh, I know you're going to enjoy this as much as I did. Um, check out old episodes. Listen to Jared's episode from last year. We talked about that one. That one was, he had me in stitches. Yeah. I mean, there's, <laughs> you know, of course. Um, you know, we've got a new series of, of Sports and Torts called College Football's Last Call. Check that out if you're a big College Football fan. Um, Instagram page for the law firm. Like I said, that's still the main job I have. Jason Law Firm. We got a TikTok page now uh, called The Law Jeez, Father. All over so it. just got to got to keep it fresh. Got to keep it going. So anyway, as always, Ben, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Shout out Peppa. Shout out Juju. Shout out Emil, Neil, everybody. All right. Thank you, sir. As Bye-bye. always, keep chopping.